It's Girl Power today on the Music Universe podcast. How are you, buddy? You know, it's going well, Matt. Uh, We're kind of getting out of the uh, quarantine here in California. Uh, Some people I know are finally starting to play some shows, including uh, in L.A. uh, at, you know, just small clubs that uh, I think everybody's just eager to get out there. Um, I've heard masks and social distancing isn't necessarily being followed at at shows, but... uh, you know, other places they are. They're they're getting threatened and possibly fined, and they just have to. You know, everybody's got to be careful. Yeah, you know, I still have to be careful. You know, I've always been very personal, and I, I'm an open book, and and nothing mm-hmm. really is off the table. I'm actually still working from home in Pennsylvania. My office for my day job has everybody's gone back in a rotating tiered schedule. Now I'm on the actual television production side. I everybody has to be in every day on, on that team, but on the ad sale and everybody on the ad sales, the magazine, the the marketing, they can actually they can do this rotating team where some days they work from home, some days they come in. I'm on medical. I have the exact heart condition where if you ca- where if you catch COVID, it's downhill, uh, pretty likely. And actually, because we have, I was this is something I was reading, because we have stopped the spread to senior homes, the average age of a person who is getting COVID-19 now is in their 30s. So this went from something that was affecting very elderly seniors to affecting middle-aged folks to affecting, to affecting younger 30s and, and so. And New York hasn't even fully reopened. They did their phase one at New York City. They did their phase one. Now they're doing phase two. This is where you're going to probably see Texas level type up, up, upticks in the virus. So I'm not going back yet. I'm on a doctor's note. I don't know when or if I will be able to go back because it seems like the lull could be very, very little between any kind of sort of herd spread as we get back out to a legitimate spread of it's the fall and it's time for the virus to come back. So it, it's there's still so many unknowns. Oh, totally. I mean, even with California opening, uh, I think we're in phase three right now. There's so much, um, so many upticks. Uh, Kern County, where I'm at, is on the state's watch list. Um, you know, so I personally think everybody's opened too soon. I get the whole economy aspect, the whole people need to get back to work thing. I just, I'm a germaphobe and, um, being out there, you know, I I have to wear a mask and, and I wear it so long every day. And it's just, it, I, I think it's open too soon. I, I, everywhere. I, I don't feel that it's going to die down anytime soon. And I, Maybe I'm wrong. I can totally see things reclosing again, and uh, I think that might be what has to happen. I, I don't know. I, I've heard a, uh, a a mall store locally had um, every associate test positive, but uh, never saw it on the news. So, you know, if those things are happening, that's even scarier because it's not getting out there for the public to consume so they can decide what needs to be done. Yeah. Well, let's not focus on that right now. Let's focus on the two fantastic guests that we have today. I am so, so excited that we have Lisa Sutton. She's our first guest. She is the daughter of the iconic Lynn Anderson, who passed away way too soon in just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And she, Lisa has taken on the mantle of her mother's legacy and has now released an anniversary edition of the seminal Lynn Anderson album, Rose Garden, on pink, translucent vinyl. Buddy, I can't bring myself to open mine. You've opened yours, right? It's, no, it's, I haven't. Really? I really? have not at this point. And I'm a guy that I open my physical media, unless it's super rare, where maybe it costs me a lot of money to obtain. I'm a guy that I love physical media, and I open it. And I've recently gotten into vinyl. So, um, you know, this is uh, this is really cool. The 50th anniversary of Rose Garden. It's a deluxe collector's edition, as you said. And it was just released on June 13th, just in time for Lynn Anderson Day on the 15th. Only 1,000 
vinyl records are available. And Lisa was super sweet. She gifted us each one. So thank you, Lisa. Yeah. And it was such a thrill to talk to her because she was somebody who really was not, I don't want to say not into what her mom was doing, but she didn't think that she would ever adopt the mantle of what her mother had accomplished in the way that she has. And then Lynn died so suddenly that she felt this responsibility. It was it was so great to talk to her about her mother's work. She really didn't even want to talk about herself. She just wanted to talk about her mom. But we did get her to talk a little bit about how long it took her to come around to working on her mom's legacy. So here's that interview with Lisa Sutton. Lisa Sutton, welcome to the Music Universe podcast. How are you doing today? I am doing lovely on this rainy, what, Wednesday. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, it's a thrill to have you. Love what you're doing. We love Lynn Anderson's music, of course. So, uh, you're a wonderful mother. So, but before we get into that, what are you doing now with this COVID-19? What do you do is staying in, going out, restrictions, relaxing? What's happening? We've been staying in quite a bit. I work from home. Of course, I've been working on a lot of estate stuff for the family and the song catalog. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's been a good time to kind of stay in. Um, I sure hate what's going on out there. It's sad to see people in fear and, and scared. And I know there's so many people with compromised systems. I know we're all needing to be respectful and Fortunately, though, I can kind of stay in, and it hasn't been a terrible change for me, though so many it has been. So, But I'm lucky. I can kind of hang out and look at look at mom's clothes. We're getting ready to have an online estate sale of sorts, and uh, I get to listen to songs my dad wrote or my Grammy wrote. I'm really using the time to focus. This is our 50th anniversary year for mom, so I don't know, staying in and kind of holding tight been been good time spent for me yeah some of those songs i uh have you heard those songs before or are they just kind of uh bringing back memories for you both it's pretty wild um obviously my mother was a, a superstar um and a lot of those fans that i've gotten very close to i've i've had to admit that no, growing up i didn't hear all the album cuts i you know i, I missed half of that stuff so a lot of it is a new discovery for me. Um, and then other stuff is catalog songs of either my grandmother's. You know, my grandmother wrote Mole Haggard's first number one. My my dad is in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. My, my grandmother's Liz Anderson. My dad's Glenn Sutton. Um, yep. And a lot of those songs, you know, I've got over 2,000 songs now in our repertoire. Wow. Um, and yeah, a lot of them I had not heard. <laughs> you know, I'm listening to... <laughs> Madonna and Duran Duran, you know, last thing I wanted to hear was family catalog. And uh, I'm kind of glad because it's okay. Now I really, I get to relive learning what they were doing. Um, there's an excitement to it. It's fun. You know, Sony's been putting up some of the the older records onto Spotify and Rhapsody and Pandora. We're doing this whole push to the DSPs right now. And I am hearing all of them, and I can get to go jump on the front porch page or mom's fan group pages, and I'll be like, wow, this is the first time I've heard this. And, oh, they'll just come on and be like, oh, that was my favorite song, you know. It's neat. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so enjoying it. You know, the new experiences for me and the new learning has been has been the the, the the silver lining to it all. Yeah, and probably growing Absolutely. up with it, like you said, probably wasn't like – Oh, this is this is kind of boring. But as you grow older and now, as you look back, it's more uh, appreciative. Sure, sure. Yeah, as a kid, you know, yeah, in high school and so. Oh, mom, I don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm just like, God, I wish she was here that I could ask her. I wish I could call Dad and go, Why'd you write that lyric? You know, I just you know, so I, I suck into the stories now too. When I find old interviews and things, and the tidbits that they were talking about, I really mm-hmm. have. Um, I've developed a new pride for them that I just didn't have before. It, part of me, not that, uh, not that I didn't love and adore them when they were here, but it's just a different, different thing now. It's a respect. I feel like yeah. 
it is my, my obligation and my duty and my sheer pleasure to kind of go through and, and learn more now. You know, like I, I really, I am, I am digging it. I'm digging it. I love it. You know, my family coined kind of the late 60s and 70s of country. You know? yeah, it certainly uh, did. <laughs> so I really, I'm, I, it's such a privilege. So um, I don't want to take that lightly. I'm trying to do the best I can to make sure that I wrap it all up and have this, this lovely set of Anderson Sutton memories and catalog to to keep putting out there for a future. You know, if I don't get it in the digital streaming and if I, if I don't kind of have it available for the modern world, we're right in those tides turning right now. So if I don't get it in there, mm -hmm. it never will. So yeah. I feel very proud of myself doing all that. I've worked my butt off. I've not done my own business for a year or two now, just really settling into trying to be, be proactive on, on them, on them. And I, I think for a long time, I've, I kind of grew up kind of, I didn't want to ride on my family's coattails. Yeah. So I, you know, I had my own business for 15 years. And I was doing graphic design and making CDs and album covers for, for all the bands on the road. How I've done some of my mom's records and her album covers later. Uh, the grandparents, uh, you know, have done a variety of artists. So I was really trying to be my own person. And now, you know, after all that, I just falling right back into it. Here I am. I'm granny, dad, and mom all wrapped <laughs> up in one little ball. You're not a problem <laughs> with that. I love it. Well, you know, it's it's interesting you say that because you have thrown yourself into it. Did you, these thousand limited edition vinyl copies, these pressings for Rose Garden, the 50th anniversary, the vinyl is going to be a translucent pink. Did you have a hand in designing that vinyl? And Buddy, I can see his eyes going wide because he just loves Vinyl. What was your role in the creativity of these limited edition Rose Garden vinyls? I did it all, top to bottom. Awesome, <laughs> really. And I'm really proud. Yeah, wow. yeah. So, um, with my excuse me, I'll get emotional about it. This is one of the one of the best things I feel like I could have done, and I'm finally getting to see it between the rose bushes and and seeing some things on the DSPM and having this album come out. I haven't even gotten to see it yet they've actually just sent me the message today it's ready so when i get off the phone with y'all i'm gonna run over there and pick up my thousand copies they've been sitting for eight months we've been waiting for them to come out of the system wow. we licensed all the we licensed the master with sony sony remastered everything and brought it up to par then we took it into the vinyl studio and they did a lot of love to it you know, the new vinyl players now can pick up frequencies that the one in the 70s didn't. So mm -hmm. they're able to kind of master for that. Then uh, pink is kind of an anthem color for mom now for some reason. I I think she's, she chose that somewhere. Uh, somewhere pink has come along, and it's, her roses are pink. Everything's pink. So we did this translucent see-through pink, and the guys over there at the vinyl plant are like, well, yeah, we've never really used this color. And he pulled it out because he knew some of the art I'd been sending. He's like, what do you think about this? And I like fainted. I was like, that's the one. And he was like, all right, we hadn't even done any on this yet. And I was like, cool. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then the liner note on the inside, there's a paper sleeve that wasn't there before. So we went and did a lot of liner notes on the inside. And I've gotten quotes people and Clive Davis and Reba McIntyre and Paul Williams and um, so everything we did the art we did the, the design we did the packaging and it's gonna be beautiful I can't wait June 15th is the street date and where can folks get these because I've got to get me one especially since you said you got a quote from Reba on there I've, I've got to add this to my collection <laughs> it's lynnandersonrosegarden.com so go to the website. We have a new website up with her complete discography. And then in the shop, starting June 15th, we'll turn on sales for the album. And that's going to be a great collector for anybody, uh, especially country music fans. But you mentioned it took eight months. Um, what, was that just for from start to finish or was that just the manufacturing? Well, you know, we had a couple of months in gathering the design, getting the master ready, getting the licenses done, getting the quotes together. 
Um, and then by the time we got it into production, I mean, Nashville has one of the only vinyl pressing facilities in North America. Mm-hmm. So they've got a huge line that you got to stand in to get your stuff. Mm. Uh, I was actually a little concerned that, you know, it takes some time, and I knew that. So we started ahead. Um, I, just, I knew. So I went ahead and kind of got everything done back eight months ago, got it in there. About, I guess it's been sitting workable and ready to rock for the last five months, right before Christmas. But then COVID hit. Yeah. Uh, and then I was so concerned because, I mean, they canceled record store day. They, I mean, so like Marin Morris and Margot Price and Justin Timberlake and Jack White, like all these dudes that put out their big records on vinyl are coming through where I'm at. And I thought, oh, God, I'm never going to get my record because when they open their presses back up, they're going to have a lot of big stars hollering for their stuff and a lot of their main labels. Mm-hmm. So I was very worried. Um, however, I think they knew how excited I was because <laughs> they're here and I could go over there and approve proofs and be a goober about it. Um, so I popped the guy a message and I was like, hey, so should I wait until like Christmas because I'm totally, you know, totally going to get pushed aside or you think we'll get me out? Wait, what are you thinking? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he had, <laughs> he had sent me a message last week and he's like, Lisa, we're going to try to get you out first. And I awesome. was like, oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> I love that. So did you have it? Yeah, a- and then I got the message today. I've been having to keep them out. I've wanted to check every day and I just, I haven't. I've waited. So I'm kind of excited that y'all are calling today. I'm talking to you and then I get to go this afternoon and pick them up. Oh, so. that is well, hey, you know wonderful. what? I just just popped into my head. If you want to take your phone and video you seeing them for the first time, and you want to send it over to Scott, and Scott can send it to us. You don't have to do this. I'm just throwing this out there on a whim. We will post it with this episode. Yes, your reaction to seeing them for the first time. My my friend Buck, he's been doing a lot of videos. Jay Buck Ford did our website. He's been doing some video dialogue with me, talking about stuff. And I'm a little bit of a goober. I know Lynn Anderson. Uh, but you know, uh, and he has already said, don't you open one of those records until I watch you do it. There you go. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, so go. we're definitely going to, so of course then I'll probably cry. But... Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, we, we put these on YouTube <laughs> yeah, as well. So okay. we could, we can include it. that. Love it. Yeah. So I can hear you. You're so passionate. I know you said you resisted it growing up. When did it change? I know you said you've been doing this for about a year, focusing on stuff for your family legacy. When did you decide to immerse yourself in it? When mom died. You know, yeah. um, that really, she died young. She died too soon. Too young. Real. It was really unexpected. You know, dad had gone 12 years ago, so... When yeah. he went, you know, there's a lot of song catalogs there that I have coddled and done and worked with. We've gotten some cuts and stuff, but but I didn't really expect Mom to go anytime soon at all. And I think, I don't know, you know, she's it's getting ready to come up on four years. Uh, June 30th yeah. is her exit date, I like to call it. Um, and I don't know, I guess when she went, I realized that, wow, uh, Mom was working and, and doing. She didn't really put a lot of stock in, oh, I need to make sure this award was, was given to me or, or I'm going to go here in the appeal to the hall. She didn't do stuff like that. I mean, after she passed, we went and got her platinum record pulled. You know, and stuff like that, I feel like now as her kid, I'm, I'm taking more of a starry-eyed view of it or something i want to i want to put that star quality back to her because for her she was just mom and singing and riding horses and living a life mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> somewhat so i don't know i felt like i i needed to honor her when she went mm-hmm. she didn't she could still be here and she had just done the bridges record which out of 50 records she had never done a gospel record well then yeah. Two months before she died, she released a gospel record, and it is the coolest record. It is so beautiful. It's like her swan song, and then she left the building. Um, but I don't know. I just felt like a lot of pieces fell into place there for me. I was already kind of moving towards music because of dad, 
but uh but when she left i i kind of took the reins i decided okay you know we need to put a face to the songs and and mama's got a pretty face oh yeah <laughs> um and it just it's made sense for me to really these last couple of years you know to to get involved more actively with her legacy like while she was here I wouldn't have have dreamed of working a legacy. She's it, you know. Mm-hmm. She was yeah. doing her her deal, but you know now that she's not here, I'm doing a different type of of legacy for her. I hope I'm doing the right thing. I feel like it was, you know, the uh, you know what artists can really talk about themselves is you know well. I I mean, sure, a lot of them can can talk and do, but. I don't know. I can talk about mom pretty good. I I think she was fabulous. So I'm going to brag on her more than she would have bragged on herself. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. for me, it, behoo- it behooves all the song catalog. People don't realize that half the songs mom recorded were written either by my grandmother or my dad. So for yeah. me, there's a little bit of a double impact there. You know, you bring mm-hmm. awareness to Lynn Anderson, you bring awareness to a publishing catalog. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. You could talk about your mom and, and you know her. I'm curious what you think she would say. And I mean, she did not pass too long ago, so maybe she did have thoughts on what has happened to country music, what country music has become today and, and the crop of female artists that are out there, Miranda, Carrie, etc. What would she say about, about country music, in particular the females in country music today? I think she was a, a ringleader for the ladies. Oh, yeah. My mother was one of the first females to ring a lot of bells. She opened the mm-hmm. for some of those chicks. It wouldn't be there if Lynn Anderson hadn't have sold out Madison Square Garden first, had gone first, had been the first woman on nationally syndicated television. You know, for her to come out and be the mutual country girl, but then also have one of the the top crossover hits of the time. She was one of the first to ever do that. So for yeah. mom, when she saw Shania, you know, it took Shania playing 20 years to break mom's record for the longest run at number one. Yeah. When mm-hmm. The Woman and Me by Shania Twain came out, mom's record was finally broken. So that mom would be like, rent for the girl. She loved that. And I think she's fine with the the pop sounds and the different things. Mom was very open. Hey, mom had Tina Perth perform with her on the Grand Ole Opry stage. She asked, you know, Charlie Pride to come. She, when Morrissey came to town and played the rhyming, he asked for mom to come and open the set with him. So mom was very evolved, you know, I think. I think she was always kind of the cover song she chose on some of her records. She liked being outside of the box. So I think she would love where it's all going right now. She had no problem with that at all. Oh, that's fantastic. Yep. And we know Sony's released uh, four of her albums uh, all to digital. What uh, involvement did you have with uh, getting those out there? Besides the 400 begging phone calls that I've done. You know, <laughs> <laughs> with Sony, right? Mm-hmm. We've got 22 yeah. full-length records with Sony, and there were only four available online. So it really hasn't been that hard to say, come on, guys, let's get a few of these up there. You know, we yeah. need to, because she had a lot of other records besides just her Christmas record and her Rose Garden record, not to mention that I've got songs in those. So it's very important to me. Um yeah. So Sony's been a dream. You know, they're doing what they can. Everybody's on them to do it. So they've gotten me four so far. We hope to have more in the pipeline. We're working on all that. I try not to be greedy or too pushy, but I'm certainly not opposed to begging and pleading. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that today when I go pick up my vinyl records, I'm taking beer and cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Send us some too, will you? I've got a big old box teed up for the, for the guy and the girl at Sony in New York who've been helping me out too. When I get the record, I'm going to send them stuff and thank them. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be appreciative and thankful and 
and steadfast that we're doing the right thing. You know, if you'll get it up there, I'll help you promote it. Absolutely. What I was going to ask is any idea why it's taken them so long to get her catalog finally released digitally? No, except that there were so (laughs) many of them sitting back there and there's a thousand other things going on. I think the, I think the older catalog is, is still, they've got, I hear that, you know, they're trying to get Bobby Bear's stuff digitized and up there. They're trying to get old Loretta. Right? Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's just constantly people at him asking. So I, we had just never asked. You ask and you shall receive. Yeah. You know, like I said, mom wasn't going to go out there and, and she, you know, she was already a celebrity and her, her thing. She did, did her live show. She did her interviews. She, she wasn't back catalog and making sure it was available for streaming. You know, she's more worried about going and getting on a horse and riding around in New Mexico. Uh, <laughs> you know, or going and getting a show down in Europe, where for me, all I got so can't dance, so I'm going to try to get catalog up online so other people can sing and dance to it. Well, this, was, this has been a pleasure. I cannot wait to hear this record to see this record please make that video of you unboxing it or going to the factory however you want to do it we want to see it because your your passion for your family's legacy and their work is just is just coming through in spades just even in talking to you so thank you so much for taking the time this was an absolute thrill i cannot wait to get my grubby little hands on a copy of this limited edition vinyl of rose garden one of the best country songs of all time, in my opinion. And uh, thank you so much. This was such a thrill. All right, guys. Thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait to hear the show. And uh, I'll send you a record when we get them. A lot of information there from Lisa. And uh, thanks again, Lisa, for joining us. And, you know, we're keeping it female-themed. We've got even a- another great country female legend with us. Queen Crystal Gale. People, she is just fabulous. The, the thing about her, and the thing I love about her, is we focus on the dollies, we focus on the her sister, Loretta Lynn, we focus on the Tammy Wynettes. Crystal was the one who broke through with a pop hit, a number one pop hit that started as a country song, went from country to pop, was crossover. So the reason we did it like this is because Lynn was a trailblazer in the same way, but it was Crystal who paved the way for Lynn to be able to have the success that she did. So that's why we wanted to do them both together because it is honoring the women who trailblazed for the women that are in this industry now. And it was just such a treat to get to talk to Crystal Gale. She was absolutely fabulous. Yes, and we learn a lot from her. So here's that interview. The iconic Crystal Gale. Welcome to the Music Universe podcast. How are you? Oh, well, thank you for having me, and I'm doing great. But, well, thank you for being here. Uh, how are you holding up during this uh, this quarantine? What are you doing to occupy yourself? Well, cleaning closets, <laughs> doing some music in the studio. I have a studio at my office, and so my son and I. So, you know, we can, we're not... You know, we can quarantine uh, away from each other if we want. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's something that who knew was going to happen. And uh, and we wish it hadn't, but you have to, you know, just live and be part of everything and try to make it work. Yeah, totally. Um, when, when you're uh, working on new music, are you doing some, uh, like, remote sessions like a lot of artists have been doing? Remote work with different people. Um, different people wanting uh, to record together, so they send me their tracks, and and we work that way. And you know, it's it makes it easy. And it's you know nowadays, I mean, you can do a, a whole album on your laptop if you wanted. So um, there's just so much music out there, and so many entertainers, and uh, they're doing what they love to do, and and they're they're doing it in the way that fits uh, the way that things are now. When did you first realize that this was going to seriously disrupt your touring schedule, your your recording schedule? I mean, we're three months into this now. When did it first hit you back in March or February? Well, I was um, in actually California in January. And, you know, that was just a little talk about things. 
And I came back from there, and I got a very, very bad virus that threw me down for about three months or three weeks. And um, who knows what it was? <laughs> I didn't know I was really sick. And then I went back out and worked at the end of February, but I could feel people starting, uh, you know, something going on. But then when we got back from there, it was like, okay, everything was canceled or <laughs> moved. Mm -hmm. That, you know, it was something that, uh, it, it is scary having a virus like this out there and uh, having it, I'm sure, manipulated that <laughs> turned it into something else. It, it, mm -hmm. It's um, in this world, we, ha we can do so much. And this is something that, uh, who would expect it? I'm glad that President Trump closed the uh, airplanes, had them stop from the different countries because that's what it brought it in the first place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you think you had it? Do you think you had it in January? You know, uh, no, I don't know. It was just a bad, uh, it turned into bronchitis and, and whatever I had, it was just something I never had before. And I've had the flu many times, but, um, uh, you know, I did actually get tested and they said that uh, I had no antibodies, but who knows with this, if it can come and go or what, because I've seen people say I had it tested and it was, and then I had it tested, it wasn't. So who knows? It's just something that whatever I had, I hope no one gets because that was pretty bad. Yeah, I've, I've heard of the, the symptoms are just uh, horrific if, if you have, uh, you know, if you're not well, whenever you do get it, uh, you know, your immune system kind of uh, messes up even more. But uh, glad you're doing better. And uh, what do you expect um, when concerts do resume to touring? How do you uh, expect uh, changes uh, across the industry? But, uh, you know, are you prepping already to, to make some changes to uh, your concert uh, schedule whenever you're able to resume? I am looking at different things uh, with just the travel. Uh, you know, flying, we do quite a bit of flying as well as busing, but you know, flying is, is a little scary for me, <laughs> thinking of that now. And then uh, it's something that, you know, for me as an artist, I love meeting people. I love talking to friends I've made through the years. So maybe we still will do that, but it maybe won't be as con the contact won't be as the hugging and the things that we you, you think twice about now. So maybe things will change. But I'm sure for a lot of artists, you know, they did not uh, meet and greet as much as what I have done through the years. So their changing probably won't be that much. You know, they arrive in their limo and leave in their limo. So <laughs> it will be more or less with the touring of the people around that deals with the 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 venue that you're playing you know it's it's a little of everything I mean you're gonna you think twice okay should I clean this <laughs> should I do this and, and actually I, I've always done that anyway in hotel rooms so it's something that if you want to just stay healthy you would do certain things like this so it's something that um, you know you want you want to still be out there for the people that want to come I mean, who knows? People that have gone to concerts, maybe they don't want to come anymore. Maybe they don't want to be around big crowds. We don't really know what it's going to be in the future. We just hope it all works out for the best. Let's think happy thoughts. And speaking of something really happy, really great that happened in your career about three years ago, a little over three years ago. Now, you probably won't remember this because I know you probably do a lot of uh, interviews, but on another show of mine, we talked, we did an interview, and the day we recorded, that night at midnight, it was announced that you were going to be inducted into the Grand Ole Opry, and we haven't talked uh, since your induction. How did that feel to get inducted by your sister, Loretta Lynn? Oh, that, that was so incredible to have my sister, Loretta Lynn, uh, bring me into the family of the Opry, and I was so touched that uh, she wanted to come into town and and be a part of it all and it was just a special special evening and one I'll never forget what did it mean to you to become a part of that family yeah I have been on the opera stage so many times through the years 
I was probably 15 or uh, 16 or 17, somewhere in that age range, uh, between that and 18, that I, my first appearance on the Opry. And it was actually to, um, um, my sister was sick. And Mooney, her husband, asked the Opry if I could go on and sing a song in her place. And they let me. And I sang Ribbon of Darkness, which is a Marty Robbins song. Such a big fan of Marty Robbins. And actually, when I started touring and, and recording on my own, I got to open for Marty. So that was uh, so special. And But being on that Opry, uh, it's just, it's incredible. So it's been something that has been a part of my life that I actually thought that it was still a part of me, you know, <laughs> you know that I was a, a part of the Opry family anyway. So this was, it was great. Yeah. And, um, Talking in Your Sleep is just such an iconic song. What kind of impact does that have today as it did in 1978 when it was like the most played country song? Well, Talking in Your Sleep, that's a song that uh, Bobby Wood, who one of the writers on the song, had a recording contract and uh, he recorded it. And I just loved it. And I loved his version. And something fell through and it wasn't, he wasn't going to be on the label anymore. And, and I said, you know, Bobby, I love that song you wrote. <laughs> Can I record it? <laughs> he said, sure, <laughs> take it. And uh, so I was, it was nice of him to let me record it. And I just loved it. We actually did the, um, the session in the studio with uh, a keyboard. And Bobby was playing the keyboard in the beginning. And then we decided, Alan Reynolds and I, to actually put the strings on the intro. So he, we had uh, Charles Cochran write the string parts and uh, put that underneath what we had recorded in my voice. And, you know, most of the songs that I recorded in, early on in my career like that were all live. Uh, you know, I would record and, and it wasn't something I would go back in and re-sing unless, you know, I was sick or something. It was, it was a, just a great feel to have live versions with the live, you know, with the musicians. It's a performance together. Now, you know, make a song <laughs> from scratch just by having a, a machine. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think you can, you can't really tell a lot of times, but I, I think also you can tell with those older songs that are or even newer songs that are recorded live, the energy is often different. So I know it's easier to, to track things these days, especially in the world that we're in now, what's your favorite way to record? Do you still like to do it live or will you go ahead and, you know, continue doing the, the remote way? I love to do it all, all different ways. You know, definitely we do live in the studio, but depending on if you're just learning the song and you don't feel it comfortable with the track, you can go and, you know, learn it a little better and, and uh, sing it where, uh, you know, it, it still feels live. And usually, you know, you can't over abuse a song. You go in the studio, the first few takes are really the better ones anyway. And that to me is, you know, something that um, whether I, I go in, I love recording just with my guitar or just piano. I mean, those are great. I've always thought doing a, a very simple recording like that would be, uh, I have so many actually in the can that I've already recorded and there were just more or less work tapes which they would you know hey I'm thinking of this song let's put it down I could release those but it, you know all recording is fun I do feel that the analog way has a little bit more uh, warmth and has more of um you can have more feel in a song when you don't over abuse it with digital right. you can over abuse it and you sometimes I think mm -hmm. you can take out the feel of the song. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Did you feel that any of your music lost stuff when it got digitized, that it had to be remixed in any way for iTunes? Did you feel it, it lost a little bit of that? Um, I wouldn't know because usually when I would record something, I'd say, I'm not listening to it again yeah <laughs> as far as pulling it up on iTunes well, you know I'm not wanting to do that I'm you know let me put the record on <laughs> mm -hmm. um you know I oh, had yeah. other people that would probably 
you do that. You know, I'm, I'm not real good on the computer. I'm not, you know, all those things. I try. I usually delete more things than I mean to. Um, and it's just, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm more musical, I guess. <laughs> but it's, uh, music business is, is a great business. It's, uh, I've always said that music can heal, that mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it reaches boundaries of words. Of, you know, it can reach in and, and get that heart. And that's what I love about music. Yeah. It, um, it, can, it can do so much. It really can. Absolutely. Absolutely can. And uh, you just actually uh, teamed with uh, Charlie Daniels and his new band, The Bow Weevils, for uh, a digital uh, kind of a star-studded who's who of country music uh, video. Can you tell us about that? That was fun. It's uh, well, I love Charlie, and I've known Charlie a long time. And he actually was on my CBS television special, one of those that I, I had done. And uh, you know, I did his volunteer jam. And he's just a great musician, a great person. And you know, when they asked uh, if I would like to be a part of it, uh, I said sure. It was fun. Yeah, and uh, also uh, Alabama's Randy Owen, the Oak Ridge Boys, Ray Stevens, Larry Gatlin, Rhonda Vincent, Lori Morgan, Colin Ray, T.J. Shepard, and T. Graham Brown joined in that. That that was a lot. Watching that was just seemed like it was a lot of fun for sure. It was a lot of fun. A great, a great song. Just you know, so much energy, and it is like you said, so much fun. And you know, that's what life really should be for everybody. It's fun. And uh, not as serious as we make everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You know, and, and I want to talk about, so, but I do want to talk about something serious, and that is the fact that you are, at, we all bow down because you are a trailblazer for women in crossover country, country in general, and in pop. You know, we actually uh, also spoke with Lisa Sutton, Lynn Anderson's daughter, and I think she talked about a little bit about how you paved the way for her and and she kept that going paved the way for other women who do you see today are the trailblazers for country music in uh women you yes know, it, yes it, there's um you know i think carrie underwood is one mm-hmm. that i think she has uh, you know she has great standards she's a uh, just a really sweet person and I like that about her. I mean, of course, her voice is incredible. <laughs> but I mean, I think yeah. she has things that stand out in her life that I think is great. That's a great example for young girls to look up to. And they see, uh, you know, her beautiful voice and her beautiful gowns and all this and that. But they see something beyond that. They see the heart. And I, I you know, definitely mm-hmm. think that she is one. And but you know, in different types of. Uh, of music, I mean, for for country music, there's so many out there now, but there's so many that that come and go. You know, you can have the big number mm-hmm. one, and and you don't know them because there's just so many. And I'm not saying that meanwhile. It's just that that's the nature of the business now. You know, right. I was lucky that when the time, you know, I did so many television specials, and I did mm-hmm. Bob Hope, Dean Martin, I did all this television that. We don't have those wonderful shows like we used to. Now there's so much. I am a, uh, you know, a, I flip the channel. I don't know what you call that. Constantly. I can't watch something more than 10 minutes. My <laughs> husband pushes me out of the room. I have to go to another TV. <laughs> I'm just one that, you know, because there's so many things. I, I guess I think I'm going to miss something. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, unless it's Rambo, you know, I like Sylvester Stallone. I like <laughs> Chuck North movies, I like those. So, you know, I will watch those. Taken's one of my favorites. You know, but it, it's, it's uh, you know, for TV and for any of this, it's, um, I, I love the shows in the past, but that was, you know, when we had less channels. You know, now right. they have so many. They, that's why they don't have the, the wonderful specials that are so huge, because there's so many things you can watch. Yeah, well, have you thought about maybe uh, doing a new show, uh, maybe teaming up with uh, Ryman and Circle TV? I had never thought about it. Uh, it, 
you know, we enjoy doing what we do. We've been on the road and, and I still enjoy doing the, um, uh, the touring, but we know how to pace it. Uh, there's so mm-hmm. much out there we can do, but that might be a lot of fun. And maybe just doing a, you know, a little uh, a show that my sister tried for a while, and she did it for a little bit, doing a little talk show. And it does take a lot of time, and uh, and you know, sometimes you don't want to do that. It's like settling down in one place, like in in Las Vegas, for weeks and weeks and weeks. I just never could do that. And some people yeah. can. I, that was just not me. Are you still sitting at home? Are you are you going stir crazy, wanting to get back out on the road? Is that still that fire in you? Well, you know, it's it's something that um, I, I miss my friends. That uh, I know, I get mm-hmm. the emails and say, "Oh, I wish this wasn't canceled. I was wanting to see you." <laughs> or you know, we mm-hmm. travel. We'll we'll still do some traveling soon. You know, it, it um, Nashville. You can tell it's opening up more. And of course, you go in the store. You have to have your face mask on. But some do, some don't. But it's you know, you, for me, uh, at, at uh, my time in in the, the in life, in the sense I know this virus is, that's out there now is uh, is like uh, it attacks and uh, doesn't do good things for older people. So <laughs> you wonder, does me should we go there or not? So, but you know, it's. It's a big world. America is, is beautiful. It's a great country, no matter what people say. We have great people. Mm-hmm. I have met them through the years, uh, all over the place. And, you know, it's not what is out there on the news that I, I see all the time. And it's like, come on, we are, America is better than this. Yeah, I agree. Certainly. Well, before we let you go, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about your biggest hit, the, the your signature song, the song that proved that women can cross over from country to pop. Don't it make my brown eyes blue? I have to I have to ask when you were doing that song, when you were recording that song, did you know that it was going to be a, as mega hit as it was? No, I didn't. It was a song that. Uh, I almost didn't get. Alan Reynolds had been talking to the writer of uh, my first number one, Richard Lee. And he uh, was sort of down and and he said, can I play you some things, Alan? And I said, okay, I'll come over and listen. He played in some things and he said, have anything else? He said, well, I have one other song that we're going to send to California for a couple people. And he said, well, play it for me. Played it and he said, you're not sending that song anywhere. So we almost missed that one. (laughs) And it was a song that when we went into the studio, it was the very first take. We did record it again, but that was the first take that when the machine went on. I did try to re-sing it, but um, it didn't work. You know, it was a performance with the musician. So Mm -hmm. we just left it. Alan added strings and that was it. It was a special song. Well, I knew it was a special song. I didn't know what it was going to do. And when uh, mm-hmm. we were trying to figure out the first single, I went to the label and I said, you know, I'd really like this song. And they always wanted to open with an up-tempo. And uh, I finally, I kept on and on, and finally they gave in <laughs> and let me have it the first single. Mm-hmm. And I think they're probably happy they did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yes. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> Those songs don't come around very often. And I'm no. so glad I, I got one of them. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. It's fantastic. Well, what's next for you, Crystal? Well, I'm uh, getting in the studio. I am going to do some more recording, uh, working on a few things, just having fun. Um, really just... Maybe I'll finish the book I started many times. And, <laughs> and, uh, and people will say, well, I don't know if I want to tell the truth there. You know, <laughs> I do want to tell the truth, so I might have to keep that out. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just, you know, having fun with everything and, and uh, trying to navigate this new world of digital things <laughs> that's out there. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. Well, Crystal, this was a true pleasure. Please come back. Thank you so much. This was a joy. 
Well, thank you for having me. And definitely I'd love to come back anytime. Oh, buddy, doing a double episode. I know we've we've not really done that in the past. We've kind of wanted to, to sparse it out, but I think we've probably done about 40 interviews since the pandemic started. <laughs> so I think we have enough content that we can double up. And, and I'm so glad we did. We had a little bit of a theme going, the legacy of these fantastic women in country music. You know, that and I, I get a lot of... Um, a lot of people like, you know, you guys are so country themed on the podcast. Like, you know, guys, that's just where the relationships are. And we're we're always looking forward to expanding that. And we do. We have some other great guests that have been on here and who are forthcoming that uh, we just don't announce till you know, things are closer to the time. So we're really excited that uh, we got these ladies and uh, looking forward to just having so many more episodes with great guests. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to I have to say, if you want to see a hip hop artist, a pop artist, some of these artists who become reality show stars, the place to do that is with our lovely, 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 energetic ball of just fire, spitfire, Miss Brittany Vance does our Instagram lives. You got to be following us on Insta. You got to follow us on Facebook and Twitter in order to see when those Instagram lives are going to be, because Right now, Buddy is dropping some episodes that we recorded back in March. <laughs> Shocker. So, and now we're doing this in June. So we are not promoting, we are not cross-promoting our Instagram lives with our podcast. You have to be following us on social media, seeing what the news release, seeing what the news releases are, seeing when our announcements of podcast episodes. We have a new show called Weekend Notes Now that I've started doing. You got to see all of that by following our social media. This podcast is just one piece of everything that the music universe has really been able to become, oddly, thanks to this pandemic. Yeah, I, I will. I will give the pandemic credit for that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but, you know, it's fun. It's great. It's, you know, really cool to just sit down and, um, you know, whether we have a guest or not. And thankfully, because of the pandemic, we've been fortunate enough to have many, many guests. And we hope that continues because, you know, we're, we're getting a lot of these under our belts and speaking with a lot of people that we've just grown up loving and us, you know, introducing new artists that uh, hopefully will people will grow up loving. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that is it for this episode of the Music Universe podcast. I'm Matt Bailey. And I'm Buddy Jan. Thanks for listening. Keep checking out themusicuniverse.com and definitely follow us on all of our socials at the Music Uni for more. Uh-huh.